0: Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to the Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we're going to talk about three of my aha moments in go-to-market and how they can hopefully benefit you going forward. Enjoy.
1: So, uh-huh. so are we back <laughs> in the studio.
0: I think I mean, so. It's Monday, right?
1: So I mean, I I think I recognize this place. It's if it wasn't for the color. You could have fooled me. We should, we should freak people out completely and just switch places once. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to sit watching on you and it's like, mm, I can't focus. Yeah. And maybe you do a collared shirt would, and I would, do white. They would fall off the bike. Yeah. That's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that trend. It's yeah. happening now. And if you're listening and you're on the bike, go faster. Go faster. You can do yeah, it. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But today we're going to get into Story time. Story, story time. time. We're going to talk about some aha moments, aha moments uh, over the last, I guess, what, seven, eight years? Yeah, something like that. Really the aha moments around go-to-market. And when we're talking about go-to-market, it's not the, hey, this is the ICP and how to define it. It's not messaging, or that. Mm. Basically, every blog post or template you're going to find. That's not what we're going to do today. Talking it, about GTM, right? That's yeah. that's what it's saying, kind of the, every
0: if you, if you Google GTM, uh, you'll always find ICP definitions, you will find uh,
1: messaging and so forth, right? Yeah, but people just don't Google anymore. They ask AI. That's so, right. So that's that's the thing. But it's going to tell you probably the same thing mm. unless you're really good at prompting. Mm. Uh, fortunately, you don't need to prompt anyone today. That's my job. I'm going to prompt you mm. for uh, hopefully some great stories. Oh, man, that was good. That was good. So we have three distinct aha moments that you yourself have experienced. Yeah. I've had, I think I've been involved in probably two of them. Not directly, but you know, I was there. I just mm-hmm. want to point it out. I was there. <laughs> I was there. And the first one we should go into.
0: Yep. So, and this is you know, this one is a bit of a funky one. Probably all the enlightened listeners we have will be like, okay, no, we we know that, Tony. Yeah, you if you much. listen to the forty plus, um, that's episodes. right. Um, but but then there, are, uh, and it's it's still it's still flabbergasting for me. It's um, how many people are seen the world like this. Mm. Um, and some are actually having success with it. Yeah. But just be really honest, you know, some some folks for some, it, it does work out, which is this whole number of AEs times their quota equals the revenue that you're going to hit, you know, minus a productivity adjustment. Um, and, um, and the story here really is that, uh, you know, when we started the company, uh, when I joined, we had a couple of sales reps. And then there was a question, how much revenue are we going to hit? Right? So we had that question, and you do some Googling, and you can still do the same Googling, and you will still get the same answer, by the way, which is, well, it's really easy. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, go to Christoph Janssen's KPIs for SaaS. Uh, mm. Go to uh, any Medium post. Go to any Venture Capital website that has a blog attached. They will all tell you that stuff. Uh, and it really... It really, you know, leads you down the wrong path because you believe, oh, okay, you know, if if they if those people are telling me that this is how it works, yeah. then obviously it, it should work like that. So, really, I'm, I'm not even blaming anyone for this. Uh, what I've seen increasingly so is that this is a narrative that is especially useful for finance, um, right? Because what they're really trying to figure out is, okay, we're kind of needing to get to this number. How many reps do I need? Yeah, And then, oh, okay, now we have that, now done. Yeah. Check mark, you know, now, now sales just do that. And I think many, many go-to-market leaders intuitively, you know, and or more than intuitively have already understood that this is not how it works, right? Yeah. But generally speaking, what we did was Excel spreadsheet, five reps, we gave them a quota, then we had a long discussion in the boardroom. Should it be 80% productivity, 70% productivity, maybe 75 uh, maybe 65 based on data no based on just like you know what do we feel like Mm. and uh, then we said okay so this is what it's going to be and then obviously we went off and we're like ooh. so what if we increase quotas (laughs) (laughs) magic (laughs) or what if we uh just hire 10 more of those reps or what if we uh, figured out a magic way to shorten ramp Mm. um and, um, and this is kind of the, I think, the hallmark, and this is how you identify really quickly if an organization is thinking like that, is when everyone is consumed by uh, pipeline reviews, forecast numbers, AE comp plans, mm. these kind of, you know, AE attrition numbers, oh, they really need to be here for four years, otherwise it doesn't work. If If you have conversations in an organization and those are the... You know, when you talk about revenue, those are the main things you're talking about. You're kind of in that camp here. Mm. Um, And again, you know, going back to the story, we basically kind of did that. Uh, We had those AEs, we gave them a quota, we had a, you know, ramp expectation, yada, yada. And hit twelve quarters in a row, uh, and, no, no. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly what that was the aha moment, um, and uh, and obviously you know we didn't, um, and and it it fell apart not immediately it worked out for a while by the yeah. way, but it fell apart when basically Series A or Series B money I forgot um, hit, and I, okay now let's take all of that cash and s- scale it up double down. Um, which then meant, okay, we need to hire 25 more sales reps and we need to kind of do this and we need to do that. And uh, uh, suddenly the productivity of all of them dropped and we couldn't figure it out and all of them are losers and, you know, <laughs> need to be fired and need to be managed harder. And, you know, again, this is this is the stuff that you would be talking about all the time. And um, then obviously around that, lots of analysis happening, lots of QBR stuff happening. And in, in that realization, we then had like a graph of, this is how opportunities are going. Uh, this is how our revenue is going, and this is how our quota is going. Yeah. And guess what? Two out of them were pretty aligned. The other one wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's where we realized, squinting real hard at the chart, that like, wait a minute, maybe opportunity on revenue is a better predictor, if you will, yeah. than quota on the street and revenue. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of okay, so I think we're onto something. Yeah. And then, you know, we had this conversation, uh, you know, we had a couple of QBRs after one another and we realized a couple of those numbers stayed the same. Uh, conversion rate was yeah 15% or whatever. And it was 15% the next month and uh, the next quarter and so forth. And we're like, ah, pff, that's pretty boring. It's a boring number to report on. <laughs> because it never changes. It never changes. Nothing's Boring. New. <laughs> uh, so there's no story you can tell. But then the then then the aha moment really was when uh, I think we booked I don't know I think ten meetings in a day yeah and then uh, the CEO was like ah, okay so you guys told me that we have a whatever conversion rate uh, so out of those ten meetings one of them is going to be a customer right yeah <laughs> and uh, and that was kind of the ah yeah wait a minute I think. I think now we get this yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is this is immediately after when kind of some of the then modeling started it's like okay well it's 10 on Monday but it's yeah, also 10 yeah. on Tuesday and you know and so forth and then we figured out that uh, wait a minute we then attach the conversion rate and the ACV basically the revenue formula yeah, yeah. Um, then we get to that revenue number and that then actually helps us right yeah. and um, this was um, this was one of those aha moments and you can basically say, Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. But you could basically say that this is, uh, to a degree, a first principles kind of thinking. Yeah. You know, where's revenue really coming from? Yes. Is it is it an AE that just magically kind of creates it? Yeah, yeah. Or does it come from a bunch of prospects that are going through a buying journey? Yeah. And obviously the latter part. And then once you tie this whole thing together, then you realize, ah, okay, um, wh- what do I need AE quota for then? Well, you need it as capacity. Yeah. You need, you need them to work through all of those uh, prospecting journeys. And, um, and that was kind of a big aha moment for us, yeah. right? And, and suddenly, suddenly a lot of focus shifted away from those AEs. Mm. Uh, sure, there was still what's the best comp plan and what's the best this and what's the best that. Um, but very much okay. How can we get more opportunities? Yeah, yeah. You know, how can we spend more money get more opportunities?
1: It, it's funny because I've been um, researching in particular capacity planning, which mm-hmm. also deals with what is the quota, etc. Yeah. You like the capacity you need. The most sophisticated capacity plans they account for attrition. Yeah, but it doesn't take it the level down to the level of supply because you do have the capacity to close, but are you effectively supplying? so that capacity can be utilized. And I think that's just, um, that's where, you know, the modeling piece really comes in uh, helpful.
0: No, exactly. And and it really is then also a, it's it's a bit of a shift in the organization that then happens once, once not only you, but let's just say the broader management team realizes this thing. Yeah. There's a bit of, you know, I, th- I think the account executives will be a bit dethroned to a degree. Mm. It's like not them with the magic uh, necessarily yeah. anymore. You suddenly kind of start distributing things. You suddenly start realizing that you really need to celebrate the opportunity generating pieces of the organization. Mm. Suddenly kind of think about, okay, how can we celebrate SDRs? How can we yeah. celebrate marketing? How can we celebrate, you know, CS that sometimes then also creates opportunities, right? Mm. Instead of only this, oh, you know, the top of the leaderboard, last day of the quarter, completely misforecasted, but then yeah. slams in 10 deals uh, and we hit target, right? Which is cool. Um, but it's not actually what got us there, right? Mm. And, and I think that was a, a massive aha moment that you can even build out to then, you know, traffic and ads and leads and, um, and you know, even further, which we'll
1: get into one other mm. learning here. And so this was mid-market uh, sales-led motion, obviously heavy. Yeah. Heavy, heavy this one, I think maybe it's going to be a different aha moment if it's enterprise, right? It's That's no, very I think, different.
0: I think aha moment for, for, for enterprise. So what's, what's kind of interesting is that as your sales cycle expands, mm. as you're looking at 12 month, 15 month, or whatever, which is like an enterprise motion, yeah, um, some of the predictability is inherently part of your um, of your forecasting conversation, okay. right? Because so you have you have those 10 deals and they're expected to close between the next nine and you know 15 months, and you know that's what you will need to focus on. Right? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, but the shorter that um, that time frame becomes uh, down to a week or something like that. The more you need to think about the volume that needs to come in and being processed, right? And again, right, the if you have an enterprise motion, uh, you will likely have um, only a few deals you're juggling at the same time. Yeah, and you likely will kind of say like, you know what, this whole conversion rate thing, I don't actually care because we have. Those are the deals that are there, yeah. And I scanned all of them. You know, again, right? This is if the the you know the pieces aren't that many. Yeah. I scanned all of them, and you know what? I really like this one. Uh, what's the next step here, Fred? <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I, I hate Fred. Fred. <laughs> Fred is fuck Fred. Um, no,
1: exactly. That's that's kind of how that works, right? <clears throat> okay, cool. So that was number one. Aha moment. Mm-hmm. We have another one, which is a little bit different.
0: Yeah. So uh, me and you, company. And it was a sales lad, inbound motion, selling two to three thousand euro deals per year. So yep. ACV of two to three K and CAC payback worked out. And I was sitting there looking and staring at the numbers and it just couldn't it just you know, something in my brain broke looking <laughs> at this. How the how can that work out? Yeah, yeah. Right? And it honestly I, I talked with, you know, back then and with Olafur about it. I talked with people about it. It's like, I just don't understand that. How is, how is that even possible? Right. And I looked, at, obviously, I looked at all the numbers, conversion rate, and sales. Yeah. Like, and um, and I just couldn't figure it out until it kind of uh, made click for me. Aha moment, there you go. Which was that. So, first of all, um, for this to work out, obviously, you need to have super high conversion rates. And we are talking 40 to 55% conversion rates. Yeah. Uh, So super high. At first, I thought like, "Ah, okay, what they're doing is they're um, sandbagging the opportunity, basically waiting uh, super long until they create the opportunity, working off the lead level basically because it was a a full cycle AE motion in that sense. So first thing I did, pulled an MDR MDR role, so marketing developer, inbound SDR role basically to create a handover, synthetic handover actually, but to have a better grip on the opportunity production. Uh, which then gave me a very clear uh, conversion rate number. and you know what guess what? The conversion rate number was still the same. Uh, maybe a little bit lower now because we uh, we followed up on more deals actually and you know we got them in, so that was pretty yeah. good. <clears throat> and you know it' still I still couldn't kind of then figure it out. So wait a minute, it's still 40 50 percent conversion rate. How can that be? And then I basically talked to some of the reps, talked to the MDRs, you know, listened to some of those calls. And, you know, here comes, you know, listen to some of those calls. <laughs> and what you figured out was, or what I figured out was, um, all of these people, are ba- they already made the decision to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you need sales for? <laughs> so they basically landed, um, you know, most of them were like, oh, no, I use this tool and the other three restaurants are open. I need to do it here as well. Yeah, and it, yeah. wasn't an, it wasn't an upsell or expansion conversation. It was a net new account for sure. Uh, but basically yeah no you know this is the tool yeah I need to buy it now yeah. can you send me a contract um and uh, the realization was that basically um, the decision was already done uh, there was a bit of haggling going on on you know I got a really good deal last time can I get it you know <laughs> um and what we realized if there were any kind of questions any questions they were very much uh, how-to questions yeah. Can you just jump into the demo and you know this is my setup how would that actually work with with this software and that was that was the whole sales process right what we then did um and that worked out to varying degrees uh we basically kind of then realized okay this is not a sales conversation where people need to this is why you want to have it that's the value you know all of that stuff it really became a little bit more like a um you know in sales we sometimes call it an order taker role. Mm, yeah. Um basically if you work at McDonald's and someone says like I want to have a cheeseburger, yeah. you don't go in and it's like so the value of the cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, why you know <laughs> tell me about your pains? Is it hunger? <laughs> yeah. How 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 much would it be worth to you? If I could solve that problem for you, you know, <laughs> you don't have those conversations because it's like, no, you know, I'm hungry, I need yeah. this thing, and this is, you know, pain is done for me. No, also uh, they
1: have PLG now. They literally have tablets where you go up and like boop, boop, boop. There's no sales staff. So anymore. that's right. It's PLG. <laughs> Let's call it PLG. Yeah, it's PLG. Um, uh,
0: no, and and you know, that's what we then did, right? It was like, hey, you know, this is this is stuff that people can figure out, and yeah. we kind of eased it in with. Uh, product led sales yeah so with you know some interaction then then you know some part were completely PLG and uh, um, you know that that worked out pretty nicely this it's obviously difficult to face that in yeah going from sales to PLG difficult to execute uh, and then obviously the idea was to take those sales uh, reps and focus them on bigger deals yeah. that had that legitimately had question maybe even outbound deals. Where it wasn't a oh I'm gonna I already made the decision. It's like no fuck no I haven't made the decision yet. So <laughs> you know why would I why would I buy this? And using kind of those sales resources for that instead, right? And obviously bunch of issues with that. If you take an order taker team, and by the way they're all great folks. By the way, I don't wanna uh, uh, upset anyone. But if you take someone uh, or a team that is trained on that motion, yeah, and then throw them into a higher ACV and outbound. Uh, very difficult to pull that off. Yeah, You know, that could have been another aha moment here, but that was basically one of the things where it was like, ah, you know what, Um, that that probably was one of the reasons why some of that uh, didn't work out so smoothly. Uh, But on the PLG side, that was definitely the right call and ended up actually being a very strategic piece in the GTM that was extremely important for then the acquirer uh, to say like, okay, because, you know, that's where we want you to go. Yeah, yeah. and please demo to us that you have that already and you know and we did and that was a, like a, yeah. a
1: big nice check mark i think it's a p- particularly interesting because you've talked about on linkedin the different motions that make sense depending on the acv yeah. and this was basically the exception to that rule yeah because of the conversion rate yes <laughs> and to be
0: to be honest i mean the, obviously kind of this this spectrum of hey those are the different motions per acv there's yeah, some yeah. caveats around that yeah. But basically, if you have such a strong brand where people just are repeat customers to yeah. a degree, not upsell, but still, you know, I've worked with this. I was a, yeah. I was a, a, you know, waitress in this place where we had that and I know how to do it. And now I'm the manager or yeah. something to set it up. There was like a lots of uh, no questions asked kind of purchases. right? Yeah. And, and then that works, but probably doesn't for some other inbound motions in that sense.
1: Cool. So basically moving uh, moving towards PLG yep at the end of the day
0: yeah and also kind of basically trying to figure out this um, this DNA of this setup uh, and how it worked and there was there was one other thing which kind of leads to kind of the third one was really using Google ads a lot yeah um, and it really was also then a very much a even even the acquired traffic was ready to buy. Yeah, it was I need this software for this area? Enter yeah. uh,
1: credit card details. And then boom. you had those yeah. three
0: options, and one of them, and so basically that's um, that's why that's why they kind of worked out. Yeah. Um. But then also ended up being extremely difficult to scale this out, right? Because yeah. uh, and this is almost then the, the third the third learning here is, and we had this. I had this in both of the different companies, mm. uh, which was basically okay. Uh, marketing team. Uh, please spend just more on ads. I need more leads. Yeah, give me more. Give me more. Yeah. And, and then the realization. Um, oh well, the, the the problem really was that uh, in the first company I didn't really fully get it. I was like, why no. don't we just spend more? I can attest to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, in the next one, it was uh, you know diving into our marketing spend in yeah. you know on a channel level. And then basically having conversations. And it feels stupid now, but I think not not everyone has gotten there. Um, I think that's how we feel about every aha moment. Yeah, Once you probably, had it, it's like, oh, wow, th- I was really stupid back yeah. right then. Uh, but basically kind of uh, I dove into the different marketing channels. Google Ads, obviously top of the list. And we played around with Facebook, but, you know, didn't work. Yeah. Um, uh, these kind of things. And then basically, ah, okay, so Google Ads, that works. Uh, review pages, some review sites that works, uh, Stimia, uh, <laughs> literally, he was he was my guy there, Yeah. Um, to spend more on Google Ads. Yeah, yeah. Spend more on Google Ads, and then he's like, okay, boss, um, <laughs> but very quickly, like, I, I don't know where to spend more.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been there.
0: It's like, um, you know, all the campaigns, they're optimized, but they're also as much reach. We're everywhere, like, you know, average rank is one and a half, or you know, whatever. whatever yeah. That's called you know quality scores, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Landing pages are optimized, and yeah, there there was just not
1: much more to do to squeeze, no, no you know blood. It's from like that you're stone. sending him to the marketplace and say, hey, so last time you got ten bottles of wine, I'm gonna double your money. You're gonna bring back twenty. It's like, but they only have ten bottles at the market. What yeah, can yeah, I you What can I do? You basically purchase the whole market <laughs> yeah. every
0: time. But uh, uh, yeah, and um, so this was um, this was a bit of a aha moment for me was like okay so how am how am i supposed to scale this thing yeah because that was really the that was the only channel that was established and was working and you know aside from some of the um the upsell pieces um and then the 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 realization was well in step one you always go to the intent channels yeah those are, by the way, also the ones that you can nicely track. Mm. And intent channels obviously Google search and Bing search, yes. Um, review sites and in our case, uh, app stores. Mm. So on your phone, uh, the Android store or the Apple store, kind yeah. of running ads there. Um, those are the places where someone is searching for something which you know equals intent to a degree. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of money there in order to you know, capture as much as possible, and then it's really a CAC payback game. It's mm. like, how much do you want to, how much do you want to spend versus what you're getting from it, Yeah, right? Uh, but once that's exhausted, and, uh, you know, we were active in some of the Nordic markets in Germany, a little bit in the UK. Once that is, is exhausted, you kind of, okay, you know, where to go next, yeah. right? And then the, uh, the next items are then, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, all of those different channels. But you can't just throw, um, you know, buy my product.
1: No. <laughs> no. That thing. I was going to say, it's so funny. People say, oh, Facebook doesn't work. It's, you know what? The buyers, they are there. They mm-hmm. do use this thing called Instagram, Messenger, etc. Yeah. Maybe it's just you haven't figured it out yet. No, exactly. And um, and and there was kind of a bunch of aha moments around
0: that. I think one of that was, I think it's called the long and the short of it. It's mm. kind of a research paper. Um two physicists of all people doing research on uh, brand spend versus um, sales spend. <laughs> and they um, the the research question, I mean, it's very nerdy. The research question that they were trying to solve is in your ads budget, how much money should you be spending on brand versus how much money should you be spending on sales? Yeah. And what they found out through something that looks extremely rigorous, I can't really comment on more than that, <laughs> Um, sixty percent should be leaning brand, forty yeah. percent should be leaning sales. Um, and they have some cool graphs. Kind of brand is the long term thing, mm. um, you know, slow start but compounding over time. Since sales gives you like spikes, but yeah. those spikes always stay the same height, so to speak. Um, so you really combine them in an optimal way. Uh, as a caveat, they were largely looking and focusing on B two C brands uh, back then. Basically, kind of big retailers and you know sales for them is like issuing kind of discount codes and yeah. triggering people right so you know is it completely adaptable to b2b SaaS? maybe maybe not i was at least part of two agency pitches where they led with that research yeah and we're like yeah this is this is what it is and it's like okay but this is actually b2c brands that they're using there and uh, no one had a good answer for that but anyway so i think i think this was kind of one kind of piece of you know research and work where i was like okay so this is how this marketing thing actually works yeah. right and to a degree your are, your are bottom of the funnel spent on ads for google and for review sites that is the discount sales yeah. bit and <laughs> all of those spikes in terms of your uh, you know spending money on that yeah it won't go up unless, for some magic reason, you know, more people go to the marketplace suddenly, which yeah. usually isn't the case. So you can spend whatever amount of money you want to, you will always cap out on the same thing. And then really on the brand side, and this is where it then started edging for me into, oh, demand gen, that's, yeah. no, okay, now I fucking get it, is really then the, uh, well, there are a bunch of people that are within your ICP that uh, maybe don't know that there's a solution, Yeah. Um, that maybe aren't even aware that they have a problem yet because Mm. they have been in this case they've been running their schedule for waitresses for 25 years on on the chalkboard that they have in the office and it works so (laughs) what's the
1: problem come on they're (laughs) not
0: they're not gonna wake up one morning and be like oh you know scheduling software and google it's like no um so that then kind of wasn't the realization okay so if if this is if this is our ICP potentially here, because obviously all of them have a phone and a laptop and you know yeah. all of that obviously is there. If that's our ICP, they will never go on a Google search to you know try and find this because they have done this successfully for 25 years. They don't have a problem. Yeah. So demand generation then really is, um, and you know I don't want to butcher this now, but you need to sell the problem. Yeah. Right. And this was one of the other um, advice I got from a investor of our CMO of a large multiple unicorn kind of guy. Um, and he was like, well, in B2B, you need to spend 50% of your budget on selling the solution yeah. and 50% on your budget on selling the problem.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, it, and it, by the way, will also fundamentally change the strategy you deploy on those channels. Mm. So if you go back to Facebook and someone comes and says, hey, I need more leads, here's you know a bag of money put on the table or you know, credit card probably, then the problem is they will look at the strategies they're running today, bottom funnel, So it's gonna be a demo that just gets served way more with fewer people clicking on them, versus if it's hey, let's educate on the problem, then all of a sudden it's very different the approach you will take. You will talk about, hey, you know, aren't you tired about someone accidentally wiping out the chalkboard and then you don't have the plan anymore? Like stuff like that. It changes. No, but it even
0: goes further than that because we had we had conversations, I don't think we ever executed on this, but we had conversations like, okay, so this, this guy with glasses, big belly. Running around in a uh, apron all day, <laughs> you know, in some restaurant, yeah. mid fifties, yeah. bold, basically you. De- you're describing me. I was yeah. like, I'm just waiting um, for it. Uh, is he is he on his phone and checking out Instagram? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know the guy. <laughs> and and the realization was like, there. I mean, we're talking like very low digitalized, yeah, you know, yeah. folks here. They probably have the radio running all day. Yeah, Yeah. They probably read the local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably have like, they probably watch TV, by the way. Yeah, they have yeah. completely different, you know, means than all of us digital and, yeah. you know, let's do, you know, all of those cool things here. Those growth hacks. Yeah, um, yeah. No, actually, if, if you want to reach those people, you then need to have a, a, a radio jingle yeah. or something like that. that yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that realization, right? And 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 guess what? On that radio jingle, um, there's not going to be a, a button you can click no, that says, be. oh, a, you know, request demo. There's not going to be an attribution that says, oh, someone, you know, down yeah. here in uh, Nordrhein-Westfalen yeah. in Germany <laughs> clicked this button and is now a lead. No, you won't have that, right? And um, uh, and really this whole attribution thing is really just a thing that, you know, magic that happened in the last you know couple of years, obviously, mm. you know, pretty fantastic. But large parts of how people are consuming the world is still not through this yeah. phone yeah. or the laptop. It's like a thousand other things. Can you attribute those? No, you can't. Mm. Um, and and that was kind of the other aha moment. It's like, well, you know, in order to then activate uh, or unlock a new growth lever for that organization that isn't only depending on Google Ads, yeah. you need to demand gen. And that's a whole different game suddenly, right? Yeah. It requires lots more creativity because you can't reuse really the same landing page all the time. You know, you need to uh, uh, you need to figure out where those people actually are. You need to figure out, you know, what the message is for that channel and so forth. Mm. It's a completely different game, and um, uh, that is though what's necessary in order to to unlock the and some people say the ninety seven percent of the market that's not actually looking for anything. Yeah, that really sits there. Right? Yeah,
1: and it's also powerful because you buy basically top of mind or minds mind share mm-hmm. effectively, right? So when it comes to actually acknowledging that there's a problem and you need a solution guess who they will think about and that's all yeah yeah exactly
0: and and but this is also then the the agency pitch by the way <laughs> uh, which is while you're selling really a problem um, you're not hardcore selling the solution yeah. so when they're looking for the for the solution then you kind of want to create your own category yeah uh, because then they land in that category. And it's only going to be you and maybe a few fringe other players. Yeah. So whom are they going to choose? You know, you. Yeah. So if you, and we had this in Outbound happen with this company, by the way, we kind of cold called into the market. We built an Outbound, is a wonderful demand gen channel, by the way. And we created the problem like, hey, don't you want to do this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And by the way, this was like 200, 250 people accounts. So was not the small cafe. And they're like, oh, geez. Yeah, you're right. I need a tool for this. And then they trialed with us, but then they also trialed with our competitors. Yeah, And they're like, mm, actually, <laughs> um, thanks for educating me, but yeah. I think these guys actually solved the problem. So that's that's then the rationale for why you want to create your own category yeah. is really that if you do demand gen and these folks then search, you're the only one or the leader, at least in the space. And then it's, you know, large part of the traffic goes to you directly. And then the other theory behind is that people skip search altogether and go to you directly right and it's like you know
1: whatever and i think it's also that you know so it's the first law of marketing the so the 10 immutable laws of marketing Mm. by al reese and jack trout i think So they talk about final category you can be first and that's the number one rule which is this is heavily a part of and um i i i think it's it's gonna be much like building almost an enterprise motion this will take you 12 to 16 months until you have something up and running because you're going to have to experiment and the thing is also it takes time so we know that from a lead to a closed one it will usually be 190 days mm-hmm. and you need to now go and build even higher up in the funnel and uh, and experiment a lot and then seeing the results it will take time yep. um, will take a lot of time. So don't fire that Martin guy immediately. No, exactly, especially if he's bald and is his, his 50s, you said? I'm not I just want to say for I the said record. In I'm 10 not 10 years. Yeah. I got <laughs> ten, 50s, 10 uh, years. Oh, no. No. Thank God. I'm oh. not. There I'm you still go. young. <laughs> it's 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 about how you look, Michael. Yeah, not take it I know. But I am at the point now <laughs> when you know you you when you walk through the kitchen and then you step just slightly wrong, and you just so hurt your whole your back hurts. yeah it's like ah oh, what happened <laughs> yeah. and everyone comes running are you okay it's like yeah i'm just old now <laughs> it's terrible Yeah. terrible so three aha moments yeah i think they were pretty cool especially because i was involved in one of or two of the aha moments always interesting to share some stories and uh hopefully sometime soon in the future we're going to be able to share some cool stories because we're off to a work trip we're going to Sweden. We um. Let's not talk about what we're gonna do yet. No, it's super secret. It's it's super <laughs> it's super secret. But uh, you know what? If you want to be the first one to know, we have the revenue ladder. We are probably gonna share some stuff there as yeah. the first place. You can find the sign up link on yeah. my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you,
0: Mikkel. Thank, Thank you, everyone else. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye.